Hello, everyone. Welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend queer films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Chris Bryant, a contemporary romance writer for Bold Strokes Books, and I will be recommending a two-time Goldie winning book. Ooh, and I'm Tara Scott. I review queer women's fiction at the Lesbian Review and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. And this week, I am recommending a lesbian romance novel that also won a Goldie. Yay! So we want to start this week. We want to send out a huge thank you to Marky, who supported us on Coffee. Yes, I know. I just spent <laughs> the last year and a half pronouncing it Kofi because I thought I'll be clever. I don't know how to pronounce this thing. I'm going to go on YouTube and see how other people pronounce it. And everybody called it Kofi, but apparently that's not what it is. It's called Coffee, which kind of makes coffee. sense because the it's whole concept does. is around, you know, buy a coffee for your right. favorite content creator. So and, I, you and you're like super way smarter than I am. So I just assumed you were right. I assumed these people on YouTube were right. It was on multiple channels. <laughs> I don't know. Regardless, Coffee is a site that lets you support your favorite content creators, including us. If you are interested in supporting the show, we have a link in the show notes, or you can visit coffee.com slash queerly recommended. That's ko-fi.com slash queerly recommended. So, Chris, yes. what have you been up to lately? Oh, my God. It's been a month. It's been a whole month since we've talked, and I'm not okay with it. It has been a really long time, and so much has happened. Uh, I literally, maybe an hour ago, just got home from the lake. Mm-hmm. I went there to surprise my mom. She was staying with my sister just to have a girls weekend. And so my sister's like, hey, why don't you come hang out, sneak over? And so I did. So I snuck over so and fun. Uh, sneaked over. Could I, I just snuck which is like my biggest pet peeve. And I just said snuck. So I sneaked over and my mom was really surprised. So here's the funny thing. Yeah. My mom is, she's always like, you know, I never sleep. I have a hard time sleeping, blah, blah, blah. She has to take medication. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so we were watching a cute movie. I don't remember what it was. We're sitting around watching it. And my mom falls asleep. And she does this thing, like she's sitting, I'm in a chair, she's on the one end of the couch, and so she's like blowing out, and her lips going blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, so she's like not snoring, but it's making some weird noise. So I recorded it. I'm laughing my ass off, and I, I actually oh my recorded God. a video of it. So then my sister and I, we were laughing so hard, and so we uploaded it to one of my mom's favorite shows, which is America's Funniest Videos. <laughs> you did not. We did. Are you serious? Oh, with my God. With her consent. With her consent. Oh, okay. Okay. We weren't okay. allowed to show anybody. We, you know, not any of our friends, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, but we just show the world. America. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so she was fine with that. And I said, Mom, if it wins you like 4000 or 6000 or 20000 then cool. Or even the big, mm-hmm. the big, you know, grand prize. But... Uh, it was pretty funny. So that was that's what I did. <laughs> Your mom is a literal cartoon character. <laughs> My mom, I'll have to I'll secretly send it to you because you'll love it. It's it's really great. That's amazing. And you know what? She'll never know because she probably doesn't right. listen to the podcast. <laughs> She's not allowed to. No, she just doesn't even know. She knows I do a podcast. She just doesn't mm-hmm. know how to find it and listen to it. So it's okay. That's for the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know, there's so much going on. You know, we just I, I got back from the uh, Golden Crown Literary society conference mm-hmm. so i got back from that by the way congratulations brit ryder brit you ryder. won a goldie yes brit ryder won for erotica uh, amazing i was so surprised Such and shocked news and when i went up to the podium th- it was so weird because all the lights were like shining you couldn't see a single person out there and i like knocked the microphone i'm just a hot mess <laughs> up there it was a disaster I forgot to thank everybody. I'm just like, hmm, award, thanks. And I left. And I didn't thank, you know, my editor. I didn't thank my family. I didn't thank my friends. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was a hot mess up there. And so, yeah, so I got my Goldie for erotica. Congratulations. My goal. That's you amazing. And honestly, congratulations to all of the winners. There were some seriously big, heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I was kind of pleased to see some of my previous recommendations. Yes. <laughs> winning Goldie. You're so good at that, though. I mean, I don't know mm. why you don't play, like, Powerball and Mega Millions. Do you have all that in Canada? And why aren't you, like, playing the lottery for, like, a ton of money? I don't play the lottery the same reason that I don't go to the casino, because the house <laughs> always wins. But I'm saying, with your luck, you should. Try mm. some sort of gambling once. I'm not going to lie. I played Mega Millions because 
Fiona Riley told me to. She said it was over five hundred million. So I'm like, okay, what's oh, ten yeah. bucks? Of course. Yeah. My dad will do that kind of thing. He's generally speaking. He's actually, it's kind of funny that he plays the lottery at all because he's Baptist. But um, <laughs> he does every so often when it goes above a certain threshold. He's like, sure, take right. my handful of dollars. I'm willing to try. <laughs> right. Uh, I did gamble. I haven't been to Las Vegas since I think it's been about 15 years. I did gamble a little while I was there because so it's like, how do you go to Vegas and not? Right. do any kind of like it was a moderate amount i cannot remember if, if i think i won a little bit i don't know it was nothing i don't have the gambling bug that's not my i love yeah. it but i don't go because i know it can be so addictive so oh, if sure. i go my sister will be the one to talk me into it like hey let's go she'll call me yeah. out or she'll send me a text why don't you take me to the boats because we have boats out here um, okay so we have boats which really they're not boats they're at this point we're, we're past that and they're just buildings um <laughs> and we will yeah we'll, we will go mm-hmm. and we just have so much fun it is it's fun because my sister and i can get together and not worry about uh anything like we can just go have a good time yeah. and people aren't judgy about like if you drop like i'm gonna drop like 100 bucks i'm gonna drop 200 bucks you know whatever mm-hmm. and we just have a good time and it's fun it's fun for both of us because my sister and I, we don't have a lot in common. Like how we came mm-hmm. from the same womb, no idea. But we're super close. <laughs> and it's yeah. like she's, always, I think I told you this before. She's always the one trying to get me to go see the horror movies by saying they're oh, romantic yeah. comedies. Yes. Oh, she's my that God. person. That, yeah. I think. I think you telling me, because it would have been last year on the show that you told me about the time she got you to see The Ring. By telling you it was a it's romantic, a romantic comedy. comedy. Let's go see The Ring. Okay. Is one of the, literally one of the funniest stories I've ever heard in the whole of my life, except for the part where you were traumatized because you had to watch The Ring. Like, right. how did you not get up and leave the theater? I don't know. She was my ride. <laughs> And she's she's a screamer. Like she literally oh is the one God. that screams in the theater. And like I jump if I get nervous just because. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't squeal, I don't scream just because my sister our whole life she has scared me si- into silence. Because oh, I sure. don't yeah, I don't want to show her that she actually has affected me. So something happened and I looked at her, I'm like, Are you kidding me right now? Like, are you the one who's <laughs> squealing? Is this you? Yeah, so she's she's that way. But she just loves uh, to be scared. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so yeah. And casinos. Yeah, and casinos. So that's what we do when we have time, which I haven't that been in a while so and I need funny. to go again. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah. Go to the casino. Yes. Don't go see a horror movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. More fun at the casino. Mm-hmm. So speaking of GCLS, we actually did get a few listener questions this time, and it kind of just lines up with what's been going on with us anyway. So I figured let's just switch over to those. Ann Edder asked, she wanted to know for you, what was the best part of GCLS? Um, Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, Pause. Pause. I just realized there might be people who listen to this that don't even know what GCLS is. Okay. Do you mind letting them know? you know, what the organization is and then what the conference is all about. Okay. So GCLS is Golden Crown Literary Society. It's the conference and the whole entire organization is about women loving women literature. And I wish I, I wish I had their mission statement in front of me because then I could read that. So I think it's about like helping grow and steward authors, isn't it? Like they, and they have, they have a writing academy. Yeah. It's a huge thing. If you're a writer or a reader, and you love reading queer literature, for sure you should check it out. And I know that the membership is free. It doesn't cost anything mm-hmm. but your email address. And then you get to see all the cool stuff. You know, there's a hub, an app that you can download, and you can discuss things if you have questions about how to get started. There's a, mm-hmm. the GCLS Writing Academy. There's a part one and a part two. Uh, some people, after it was cute. We had a whole bunch of graduation. There was a ceremony. And the graduates Aww. were there. So there was probably like maybe a dozen graduates. Um, so they got recognized in front of everybody. And that was just real sweet to see, you know, that mm-hmm. this is that people are taking the leap and wanting to learn how to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the con was that. Um, and then at the very end, my favorite part 
was probably besides winning the award because you know that's what we wait for all year we get shortlisted and then we go to the awards it's a saturday night and the awards happen and then you dance the night away and this is the first time i've ever danced the night away and i closed it down i've never closed it down before oh wow yeah so they kicked us out like the general was like okay everybody leave get out <laughs> get out you're done <laughs> So uh-huh. the last time we were in person, I want to say that the uh, the dancing, oh, the lights weren't working. So it was either like full on conference room, bright or dark, dark or nothing. Mm-hmm. So there was no in between. Mm-hmm. They couldn't regulate the lights. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm not drunk enough. I'm, I'm going to look weird. So uh, dancing out there because, you know, the more you drink, the better you dance or the better you feel or you think. You oh, dance. sure. You know, that's I'm a great dancer. Uh, after mm-hmm. a couple of drinks so who isn't right exactly so it was great because we closed it down and then we took it uh we took it upstairs to one of my friend's room and we just continued like we just we didn't wow. stop we didn't stop there was no stop explains why you were a little tired after you got home from the yeah because you did text tired. me you got home and you were like i'm so i'm so tired right and everybody had problems getting either to the con or home it was in Albuquerque. It's not like, it's not an easy yeah. jump. I mean, thank goodness next year's is in Denver, which I can either drive to if I want, mm-hmm. or I can fly to. It's an hour flight or it's an eight-hour drive, at the most eight-hour drive. Yeah, so, I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's Denver. I'm, I don't know. If you've ever been to Denver's airport, because I actually had to fly into Denver to get to Albuquerque, It's mm-hmm. it's like massively huge. And, like, if you think you're in, like, okay, I landed in on United in Concourse A, surely I'll have a flight leaving Concourse A. No, you have to get on a train. It's the only way to get to Concourse B and to get your mm-hmm. exit flight. So, I, like, I barely made it to GCLS. And then on the way back, everything got postponed, like, six hours. So, I didn't get in until the morning. And I was a hot mess. I'm glad I took the day off. Oh, gross. Yeah, honestly... Like, just hearing what's going on with air travel and generally right now, it just sounds like such a mess. I don't think I'd want to go anywhere. I've heard so many people say that Pearson Airport in Toronto, like the Toronto airport, is just one of the worst places on the planet right now. Yeah. My sister-in-law flew to visit their aunt in Britain in June. And she was stuck there. Her flight was delayed. I don't even know how many times. Like, I think a few times. So she was there many hours more than she was supposed to. The restaurants had run out of food. Oh, my goodness. So all you could get was, like, chips and stuff like that. You couldn't even get a (laughs) meal. And there was nowhere to sit. And I was just like, That's horrible. Well, like, Albuquerque, their airport's the size of a strip mall. It's like you jump out and, like, United is like... It's like yeah. literally, I'm not kidding. It's like one wall. It's just, you could see, you could yeah. see United, you could see American all on the same strip. It's not, it's one concourse. Yeah. That's it. It's tiny. It's the tiniest yeah, yeah. airport I've flown in and out of in a really long time. Wow. It was pretty, but I'm, I, I'm so glad that we're going to Denver next year. So yeah. glad. Yeah. I, yeah. When I heard that that was where I was going to be, I was like, yeah. Cause you're going to be there. Go. <gasps> I'm so finally- excited. I am planning on going. I've never been to one before. It's time. I'll sign up for one of those free memberships. Do it. Make it happen. Yes. So a couple of the other questions were about me getting COVID. If you caught our teeny tiny little mini-sode, you might have even noticed in the episode before that that my voice just sounded off because I didn't know at the time. I knew I didn't feel great, but I didn't know at the time that I had COVID. (laughs) And so... Ann Etter asked, what was the best part of having COVID? And KB asked, so how was your crummy COVID bout, Tara? Bout so, 2. 2.0. Mm-hmm. It was pretty crummy. I did not care for it. I do not recommend it. I <laughs> am a month out. And frankly, I'm still recovering. I have a nagging cough and my energy levels are just so low. It was garbage but i did as i said in that minisode i watched all of season five of the great canadian baking (laughs) show which is just amazing fucking cutest the thing i love about the great canadian baking show just like the great british bake-off is that like they help each other and form friendships and in this particular season they clearly all cared so much about each other especially as the season went on and so it's like 
the contestants loved each other, but then the hosts also, they all loved each other and the judges. Like it was just this beautiful, it was like the power of friendship. Hooray! Which was just like, it was wonderful. I loved it. And I, uh, once I was able to like start thinking more, I was able to play my Nintendo a bit Mm. and started obedience training with the puppy. (laughs) Not like leaving the house obedience training, just like, here are some treats. Okay, can you sit? Can you lay down? Can you, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Honestly, the best part was probably the Great Canadian Baking Show for all the reasons that I just described. And I think if I hadn't been sick, I probably would have forgotten that I had a season to catch up on. It Because w- it was really like, well, I'm out of the delirious stage and I've got nothing but time. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. And then I guess also the puppy. I mean, oh, she's yeah. pretty great. She's adorable. She is adorable. She's fucking nuts sometimes. Because she's like, I like to joke that she's half schnauzer, half poodle, half demon. Because <laughs> <laughs> All halves. <laughs> puppies are just demons. Puppies are she cute has demons. These- they absolutely but like when she's well rested she's just woken up for a nap and all she wants to do is play and then she's coming up and biting you to try to get you to play with her and it's like how do you not just like stop everything and play with her all the time um i mean it depends on when it is i mean for me i'm still working from home most of the time frankly i'm probably still gonna work from home i i've talked to i've talked to my bosses about this i'm not planning on going back to the office until probably mid to late august both because I don't think I can work a whole day in the office right now and then drive home. Oh, like, yeah. I'm not sure I would have the energy to drive home safely. But also, we just had uh, the Calgary Stampede here in our city, <laughs> which is like, um, it's kind of like a state fair and a rodeo, I guess, all at the same time. It has, like, all, all the the rides and the food trucks and all that from the state yeah. fair. And then there's, like, a whole bunch of rodeo events. And it's, like, been a part of Calgary's history for, I think, like, the last hundred years or something. But, like, it's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And so there's a bunch of my coworkers that are like, oh, so I have COVID now? And it's like, you fucking think? Of course. You just- yeah. <laughs> you of think course so? you got COVID. Like, I don't judge people that went out to it. But, like, surely everybody who went knew there was a chance they were going to get COVID right. Right. during a COVID wave. So... Well, that's how I felt. It was the first time I'd been on an airplane uh, since the pandemic was Mm -hmm. flying out to Albuquerque. And so getting stranded in Denver for, well, in Albuquerque on the plane, we got stranded for two hours on the runway because we didn't have a gate. And there were storms. There were storms in Denver. So we were like on the runway for two. This is, okay, this might be TMI, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you this anyway. So I had a window seat. And there was some dude on the aisle. And, of course, the middle seat is this huge, tall, probably football player at some point in his life. Mm -hmm. Super tall, uh, super large. And, Mm -hmm. like, his legs, he couldn't help it. His legs were, like, spreading into both of our seats. And Mm -hmm. he was wearing shorts. And he was so hot and sweaty. His leg against my jeans got my jeans all wet. Yep. Nope. Yep. Yep. Okay. I know that for two hours, that was my life. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was, I was not happy. And then, I, you know, I'm wearing my mask the whole time. And then we get to Denver and we're stuck there for another four hours and I'm wearing my mask the whole time. And I, yeah, it was, it was hard. I mean, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was trying to do a good thing and I wanted to get out in public and I was still a little uncomfortable at the con somewhat. Mm-hmm. because there were probably 250 people there. And to me, that's a lot of people in my space at once. And even uh, I was a wrangler. Speaking of stampede, uh, yeah. I was a wrangler. <laughs> so I had some newbies. Uh-huh. I had to like cart around and help them out, you know, if they had any questions and stuff. But only one mm-hmm. of my newbies showed up. So I just said, we need to oh. leave this this room because there's 9,000 people in this room. Not really. But there were a lot of people in a room and it made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I invited my newbie to dinner and we just left and had dinner and drinks. That sounds really because, nice. Yeah, because I mean, that's, I, you don't, nobody wants to be in a crowded space. Like forget concerts. No, no. Like, I'm not doing concerts Ugh. in a really long time. No. Oh my no. God. <laughs> no, thank you. 
Okay, so we had one other question from Wendy. I gotta say, the thing that I appreciate about Wendy's questions, because she does something through every so often, is that generally speaking, it's a total curveball. <laughs> so she wants to know, is there any product you would get a 12-inch by 12-inch tattoo of in order to get it free for the rest of your life? It could be food, drink, clothing, etc. Excluding, she's excluding... Super expensive stuff like cars or boats, which I guess, fair enough. And the context was that Subway is offering free sandwiches for life to a super fan. Uh, wait. No. <laughs> that can't be right. For yeah. a month or a year? Oh, no. Uh, I would depending have to, on the tattoo I would ha- they get. Uh, yeah. Depending on the tattoo oh, they get. Life. I mean, I okay. guess, fair enough. Oh, okay. So if they get... A two inch by two inch tattoo on their wrist, biceps, or foot, they would get food for a month. That's stupid. A three inch by three inch on their shoulder blade, forearm, or calf would get subs for a whole year. But if somebody is willing to do a 12 inch by 12 inch on their sternum what? or back. The fuck? Sternum, sternum hurts like a, a, that hurts like a motherfucker to get tattooed. I have on my chest. I'll show you. You can see like little bits here. And it just barely yeah. touches onto my sternum. <laughs> and I wanted to be dead when that part was <laughs> happening. Like it was so painful. Oh. And the tattoo needs to be of the logo for their new menu dubbed the Subway Series. Wow. No thanks. <sighs> um, I can't. You know what? There are people out there who will do it. Yeah. I'm there are people out there sure. who will do it. Yeah, and I mean, Subway seems to be a stable business, so there is a decent chance you actually would be eating okay, let's talk sandwiches about Subway. for the whole rest of your life. I'm not saying it would be okay. delicious to have the rest of your life. For me, that's like a one. It's a, I don't mind having like once a month or something like that, but like I wouldn't want to eat it every day. Okay, you're going to tell me a whole... No, we all know about the whole Jared thing and Subway. Oh, that's horrible, yeah. Yeah, well, so I wouldn't want to put anything- did not. Yeah, they would not know about... They didn't know about the Jared thing when they got him to do it. Right, exactly. There's a reason they don't have a relationship with him anymore. Well, besides he's in jail, but yes. For people that don't know what it's about, all I gotta say is... Google Live it. your life. Don't look it up. It's <laughs> oh, don't look it up. Okay. Yeah, don't do it. Don't look it up. No. But also, no. don't get a subway tattoo. <laughs> but also, don't get a subway tattoo. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Like, is there any... So, I guess... Because at first, I, when I first read this, I was like, I wonder if it could just be like flowers, in which case it could work in with what I already have. And then maybe I could get like free plants from a nursery for the rest of my life. But that's probably not what Wendy is talking about. Yeah, well, she's if it is, that's like what I would do. Nike or like clothing. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the answer is no. I'm going to go with no on that. There is none. I'm trying to. Mm. That's probably also no for me. I mean, I like the idea of free stuff, but even just like, oh, get a two inch by two inch and then you get free food for a month. Are you fucking kidding me? I can't take that off my body. That's like, that has to be permanent or it has to be like henna or Mm -hmm. something. And I'll just show it for a month and just say, oh, look here. I want my, yeah, every day I want my free subway. I did it. I did it. Yeah, that's what Um, I'm going to do. Although Sport Track would be kind of tempting. They're a Canadian brand. Mm-hmm. I guess kind of like a Foot Locker or something like that, maybe. Okay. But I like the clothes you can get there, and I like the shoes, and you can get fitness equipment, and so I don't know if I could get like a bunch well, of free... That might be something. I mean, that includes more stuff. than just, you know, one thing. Just get so a gigantic Sport Track logo tattooed on my ass. That's where I have 12 inches. 12 inches. 12 inches available. <laughs> yeah, With you're pretty back, covered. I don't have... Yeah, I don't have enough space left. I could do my leg, but like, I don't want to look at it. I don't look at my butt cheek. I mean, I don't know how. <laughs> I know I my know back. Would feel my tattoo this. on <laughs> my back. I forget about it. <laughs> I forget about it. The, the part that I'm laughing now is like Neil is going to be editing this podcast <laughs> later, <laughs> saying you would get a what where, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he's a no on that. So, what have you? been reading or watching lately okay so i am still watching alone uh i mm-hmm. think the last time we spoke it had just aired a couple of episodes but like a lifetime yeah. has passed since we last recorded our <laughs> podcast That's right. so i'm so upset because the two people i wanted to win in alone mm-hmm. are gone 
They're down to th- three oh, people, three no. contestants. And the two people I thought were just going to be amazing and win this. They like tapped. Well, one got pulled for medical reasons, which I'm super sad about. It was this woman and she was phenomenal. Like she had this house. She built like this log mm-hmm. cabin with her bare hands and like carved it into the earth. And it was just like, it almost looked like it was two levels and it had this mm-hmm. beautiful chimney. I would live in it today. Like that is something I would live in. It yeah. was so she, but she spent all of her energy on that, and so her boss, uh, she, she wasn't spending a lot of time going out looking for food, so so she yeah. they pulled her for medical reasons, and then this one guy who was amazing at everything, Adam, he was amazing at mm-hmm. everything. He like was hunting well. He had a great structure. He got really lucky with like all these animals, and he just said, you know what, I'm done. He goes, I don't think I can do this for another twenty thirty days. So I'm done. Whoa. I mean, he, they didn't even pull him. He was just like, he clicked in. He's like, okay, I'm tapping out. I'm like, what? I'm like, what the fuck? What? What? Like, what? Yeah, but I also kind of respect that he got it. That he just knew. Yeah. Like, I think there's also something to be said for like, especially a competition as extreme as that right, one. It's gonna mess up your body. Exactly. Although to be fair, then there's also people like you and I who are like, why would you sign up for that? Right, like that's. I ridiculous. would not sign up for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would last maybe overnight, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, let's see. Uh, Catfish is back on, so of course I'm always mm-hmm. watching that. Neve and Cammy crack me up. Mm-hmm. And then the third season of The Boys started, so I had to go back and rewatch season two because I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I don't even know. And like, it is hardcore gore, like that. Like, I watched oh, the first really? episode of season three, and I went into my engineer's office, and I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like, I watched the first <laughs> episode, and he's like, I know, right? I can't believe it. And so I'm just like, what am I, why, why am I watching this? Why do I do this to myself? And who thinks of these kinds of shows? I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I can't even, I can't even tell you what happens. It's just like, it's so unbelievable. And it's just I've so I've heard a lot gory. of people really like it, though. It it pushes like the line so far out of your vision that when you watch it, it's just like your mouth drops open. You're just like, that did not just happen. Yep. Did you? Did you? I have not watched this, and I don't think it'll be a surprise. But I think it's called The Bear, that kitchen one. I've been hearing people talk about it and saying that like it's so good, but it's incredibly uncomfortable to watch. It's like anxiety inducing. Huh. No, and I all I can think is like, why would you want to watch something anxiety-inducing? It's for the same reason people read the angsty books. Yeah, I don't fully understand that either, as we know, well established. <laughs> well, right. I like so. I don't know. I like some angst. It needs to be like enough to be interesting. But there's some. There's there's been a few romances over the. I mean, I've talked before about the ones where it's like, and the angst was so painful. Okay, that's one thing. Like, I okay, right. fine, and and it's. Clearly something was right because it provoked a, f- a physical response in me. But then there's also like the angsty books where it feels like it's angst kind of for angst's sake. Mm, yeah. And I don't know that it adds something. And there's one book in particular. I'm not going to name names because we only recommend things here. We don't anti-recommend. Right. Unless it's like anti-recommending hateful people. We're really good at that. Right. <laughs> um, but like I read this book where... Th- the two leads you're like it's an enemies to lovers but it's the kind of enemies to lovers where you're like oh no these people don't they really don't like each other they never <laughs> like each other the one sex scene that happens in the book is hate sex there's no sex where they actually genuinely care for each other and then they get together in the last two percent of the book but they still the one still hated the other one three percent before that and i'm like what the fuck is happening <laughs> no i need get, where is the epilogue i need an epilogue uh, yes, because i cheat. do not yeah i don't but i no. talk about this <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well uh okay so then let's we'll deviate from that and yes what have you been reading or watching that i'm sure is angst-free because of what we just talked yes about? Yeah, well, so far, all of it is angst-free. So I am near the very end of Drag Race All-Stars Season 7. By the time this airs, there will be a winner. Oh. Honestly, it's my favorite 
season of Drag Race ever. It's just so good. It's so fun. I love that they're all queens that I was already familiar with. I've said before, like, I love how expensive all the looks are. Like, these are world-class entertainers who have honed their craft. And to see eight of them get to do their thing week after week and see how much they enjoy being around each other, like, it's just been a joy. And then it's been interesting because in the meantime, season three of Drag Race Canada has started and the first season of Drag Race France has started, which I need to catch up on because I started watching it and then I got sick and I was like, oh no, I'm too sick to read subtitles, (laughs) 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 which was kind of pitiful. But it's like also, it's a little jarring going between All Stars season seven to these two because it's like the difference in production value is absolutely notable. It's like All-Star 7. They all have money. So much polish. There's something else they're doing in the actual production of the show. I don't want to like slam Canada's Drag Race because I think they're doing really good things. I'm super excited by the Calgary Queen. Like there's some queens that are there that I'm really excited about. But also you can see like there's not the same budget that they have for costumes. There's not this, you know, like it's just, it's different. It feels scrappier, but like it's fun. It's good. And then next week or anyway, in August, they're bringing back the secret celebrity one, which is basically the idea that they pair at least the ones that I saw before. They would pair a celebrity, not like not a very expensive celebrity, if I'm honest, and that's fine. <laughs> but like they pair a celebrity with a drag queen who will coach them through it. And then, and you don't know who it's going to be until you start watching the episode. And it's like, ah, it's this person. Ah, it's this person. Oh, that's kind of cool. They had Dustin, what's his name, from the, he played Ted on Schitt's Creek. Did you watch Schitt's Creek? I did. Alexis's boyfriend? I didn't watch all of Schitt's Creek, though. So he was the one that's the veterinarian. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he was in one of them. They, yeah. And then I don't remember anybody else. He was the only one that I actually recognized because I don't watch CW shows. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) So they're bringing it back. But the way they're doing it is it's going to be almost like a masked singer style thing. So like they're going to go up against each other, but they won't. The judges won't know who it is. They're not going to know who the different, which I think is there's something kind of really interesting there. So I'll report back. I hope it's good. I finished watching Queer Eye, um, the American one, season six, was very lovely. There were a lot of really great episodes there in Texas. Texas. I know. Well, they can't help that they live in Texas, all these people. I know. There were a couple episodes there that made me cry, as Aww. you know, as that series always does. Right. And so I was like, well, what do I watch now? And one of our friends that we play D&D with was like, well, have you seen Queer Eye Germany? And I was like, what's this? And they're like, well, it's Queer Eye, but it's in Germany. And it's a new it's a new set of hosts. Oh. And it's just one, like, you think it's not going to be as good, but it is. And it's just wonderful. And I was like, okay. So I watched the first episode, and it's so wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Is it auf Deutsch? It's in German? Yes. And so you're reading the subtitles. I am reading the subtitles. You won't have to read the subtitles. <laughs> but I do, which means I have to do it when I'm not doing anything else. Right. But I love, 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 love the new hosts. They're so wonderful. The first episode, the hero that they're making over, he's like 31 or 32. He's a single dad raising his 11-year-old son all by himself. And he works as a caretaker at a cemetery. And he's just this like quiet, nerdy soccer slash football fan who has way too much of his preferred club paraphernalia in his house (laughs) and he's just so sweet and when he talks about how like at one point he's talking about his son and how his son is the most important thing he's ever done in his life and how much and he's like tearing up and i was like oh bjorn you're such a beautiful soul so yes i highly based on the first episode totally recommend queer eye germany but i will report back if it is like that all the way through. But I'm pretty hopeful because uh, so far that friend seems to be right with his recommendation. And then I'm reading Claire Lydon's latest book called It Started With a Kiss. <laughs> and it's pretty cute so far. I mean, I like Claire Lydon's book. Oh, so yeah. I don't know if you've yeah. right. Like, she's great. Mm-hmm. She's great. And so the idea is this one woman is she's just been having like 
the worst day because she found out she's a hotel manager and her ex-wife is getting married again and wants to host it at that hotel to which i'm like fuck off that's super rude surely there's other places yeah and she's like in the bar later drinking and sad and whatever and she shares this like magnificent kiss with this woman who just happens to be there kind of for the evening she's in from out of town and then you see the perspective of the other woman who is like wow that was a really amazing kiss if only you know we were closer together blah 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 she works at like she and her sister own a vineyard and she's doing a wine tasting and this other woman comes in with a friend and so that's where i'm at right now oh where so they've had this kiss like a week before or whatever And they're just seeing each other again for the first time. And I don't know what else happens, but the chemistry is really good and they're super cute. And I'm hopeful. And you have I mean, not like, fast forwarded to the end. I haven't. <gasps> awesome. Don't. I know. Can you believe it? Yeah. Let's do this the right way. Let's just, yeah. I'll check yeah. in with you. <laughs> no, not yet. Well, and the other one. So I'm listening to Anne McMahon's latest book. Dead Letters from Paradise. Mm. I don't know why I blanked on that. You know why I blanked on that? Because my brain went, postcards from the edge. And I'm like, that's the wrong title. <laughs> that's a very different book. Yeah, that's an extremely different book. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, it takes place in the 1960s. And it's at this, like, dead letter office. It's like, what happens to letters that can't be mailed? And I don't really know what else happens. I haven't gotten very far. But the usual uh, Christine, oh, what's her last name? Anyway, the woman that narrates all of Anne McMahon's books narrates this one as well. And so I can't skip ahead with that either because it's an <laughs> audiobook. But so far, I'm enjoying it. So Good. I know I'm back on books. Who can believe it? I think I got ruined by the brutal. No, not the brutal truth. I really enjoyed the brutal truth. That's the Lee Winter book. I got yeah. ruined by truth and measure. And it there was just go. like yeah. the reading part of my brain just went for like three months yeah it's been a while it's been, it's been a while yeah i know so it's kind of nice to start dipping my toe back into reading books i mean Yay. was it truth and measure was it the world going to shit i don't know they kind of happen around the same time mm-hmm. all i know is that it's nice reading books again it is nice i heard i heard from you from yes, you at the beginning me. of this episode okay. So you have an official recommendation that's a book. So do you want to tell us about it? I know. It? Can you believe that? So no, like, but yes. I, I hit my deadlines and everything, and I am recommending a book. It is a two-time Goldie-winning book. It's called Changing Majors by Anna Hartnett Reichert. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I absolutely, it was, I thought, and I told her this, I said, this was brilliantly written. It's, it's not necessarily, um... Just her, just her language in this book is amazing. It is so good. And so what I did was I highlighted some, uh, some samples. And so you can kind of get an idea of it. But let me go ahead and read you the blurb. It's her first night of freshman year at Alder University, a small Catholic college tucked away in the North Georgia mountains. And Bailey Sullivan is ready to be the girl she has always dreamed of becoming, a girl who loves a boy. She quickly meets Luke, a Southern charmer who gives her hope for a traditional future. But her often destructive and messy attempts at being straight are thwarted when she falls for her far too female sweetmate, Noelle Parker, for whom she quickly becomes inseparable. Bailey mm-hmm. must traverse the rocky terrain of her friendships, her freshman year of college, and her sexuality to discover not only whom she wants to pursue, but her own identity. For Bailey, learning to be true to herself means being brave enough to let go of the limits on love that are holding her back. So it is considered a new adults book mm-hmm. and a one for debut and for uh, new adults. Those are the goldies uh, that this book won. And it's mm. written in first person present tense. And I know that everybody just groaned about that. That's polarizing. For, you know what? It sure. totally works in this. It, it really does. Oh, and good. so, you know, I even thought about this. I was like, okay, so would this book sound better in third person or even first person past tense? And the answer is no. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was the way it was written was just, it was just, it was perfect. It's kind of like how I feel about writing not guilty in first person present. Certain books, you need, it needs to be told in first person present. And this book just worked. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a million books have been written about your freshman yeah. year in college and trying to figure out, you know, who you are, how to, you know, identify 
to find who you are, your experiences, how everything changes you when you go to college. I mean, we all know this. Tons of books have been written about this. Ann Bannon did it. That's Odd Girl Out. Exactly. So there have been tons over the course of books and stories. And Anna just had such great little descriptions that like there's a ton of humor, there's heaviness, and just like whole friendships. You know, when you meet people for the first time and you really mesh so well with them and you're like, these, these people are my family now, you know, and that yeah. can happen in just a couple of days. I just thought it was great. I'm going to read you a couple of little scenes Ooh. and this will make you like, this is, I like this one. Bailey's talking to Noelle and she said, you could, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of here. The words tiptoed out of my mouth, creep through the air and crawl into her ear. Just kind of a fun way of saying, you know, how certain things, certain words and phrases stick with somebody or how they get there instead of saying she said, he said, mm-hmm. she said. Like this one was great too. I met the gaze of a boy with dusty blonde hair and blue eyes. He holds up his very warm looking sweatshirt and smiles at me. I mouth a thank you through my chattering teeth. His sweatshirt swallows me whole and brings me some much needed warmth. It's well worn and my cheeks warm at the hint of aftershave and cologne still tangled in the cotton. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so sweet. It's just such a good way of saying, hey, this dude loaned me a sweatshirt and it kind of smelled like him. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the same. Yeah. But like the whole book is like that. It's just, it's just beautifully written. And it's true. Like everything, it's a flawed character. She's a flawed character trying to find her way. And I think that if you like to read new adult uh, books and like to read about coming out in college and finding your true self, I definitely recommend this book. It was, I, I 100% agree that this book was well-deserving of the two awards it did win. Oh, good. That sounds great. Yeah, it really does. I mean, the whole thing, and it's, it's just so clever. It's just such a clever little book. And it made me laugh. Like uh, her mm-hmm. roommate, it has like, her roommate is, her name is Priya. And her half of the uh, dorm room is all pink. Everything's pink. Like her, like the walls are pink. She has everything pink. Hanging up posters, pink. Her, her comforter's pink. Everything's pink. And then later in the story, she talks about how her roommate probably even snores in pink or the the sound of it. (laughs) She snores in pink. And you can exactly hear what that means. What snoring Mm -hmm. in pink sounds like. We can hear it. And just such clever, clever uses of words. And I love it when people, whether it's a song or a book, and they just put words together and that just give you this this different way of seeing something. I love that more than anything. Yeah. So That's I recommend so it. Yeah. So what about me? You also have a book. I do have a book. I've recommended this author before. And in fact, she won. So this time I'm recommending The Delicate Things We Make by Melana Mackay. I've already recommended her book, The Headmistress. The headmistress just won two goldies. I was very excited about that. But the delicate things we make won for debut novel. It's kind of wild to think that she had both of those books come out in the same year because they're both so freaking good. So the delicate things we make, it takes place in New York City. It's all told from the perspective of Jamie Walker. She's an investigative journalist and her life is kind of in a weird spot. She had been dating this chef who like broke up with her and kicked her out of their place and she didn't have anywhere to go. So her friend hooks her up with like, why don't you come and you can stay in the loft of this museum that I work in? Like nice. was sort of how it ends up going. But it's like, she she needs some money because <laughs> it's, you know, she's working as a bartender just to kind of make ends meet. And an editor that she used to work with reached out and was like, hey, I have an assignment for you. You need to figure out who is DeVore. DeVore is an artist. Nobody knows who this person is, but through their art for more than a decade, this person has been influencing fashion trends. In some cases, putting forward trends or in other cases, making commentary to say that trend is fucking stupid. Knock it off. (laughs) And then the fashion houses actually do it. It's exciting, but it's also kind of daunting for Jamie because like nobody's been able to figure out who this person is. How is she going to be the one to do it? Turns out she kind of figures it out fairly quickly. (laughs) 
and then falls for this woman who is in real life. Her name is Vivian. It's there's this tension because she's falling for her. They have this incredible chemistry. How can this possibly work, though, when the only reason she's met Vivian is because she needs to out her to the world Mm -hmm. as this incredibly famous, effectively anonymous artist? Oh, my God, Chris, it's so fucking good. This book is so, (laughs) so, so good. I really like Jamie. She was super easy to connect with. She's a really accessible character. I can't remember if it's told in the first person or not, because I listened listened to it right before I got COVID. So this is what I was going to recommend the following. And then we didn't record it. Um, But it's all told from her perspective. She's this very kind of grounded person. She's super earnest. And she really very quickly starts to fall for Vivian. And she knows, like, Vivian is rich. Like, she is wealthy. She has a lot of money. And she definitely recognizes, she's like, we are in different classes. I am out of her league. And she also knows that as soon as she turns in this expose, like, she keeps getting extensions and whatever so that she can keep spending time with her but she knows that as soon as that goes in like she's just going to lose her and so there's something really interesting about that tension there and seeing along the way though she actually has this like tremendous amount of growth and like she has i personally really enjoyed her sense of ethics like she knows that she can't sleep with vivian without vivian knowing who she is so like they go on some dates and they make out but like she doesn't ever sleep with her there is a subplot to this around there being a serial rapist kind of within that industry and she works to take him down. It was incredible. Like she has this transformation from like, not just investigative journalist, but I saw her as almost like, like a tiger. Like she was so fierce and she's going to make this work and she's going to make this happen. And in a way that she's also protecting the other victims who come forward. And then on the other hand, so we have Jamie there and then we have Vivian who like we never see into her perspective, but I felt like there was enough, there was still enough there that I wasn't left wondering who she is as a person or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she's really anxious and sometimes she's incredibly passionate and she can be a gigantic snob, but she also enjoys like the not expensive dates that Jamie sets up for them like she she has a lot of elements to her and she stayed private for so long she's hidden her identity for so long and being in this relationship with jamie kind of threatens that and she has to make a really big decision um and she is definitely like melina mckay is another one likely winter like a handful of others that like to consistently write ice queens mm-hmm. vivian is definitely an ice queen And she's one of the ones that I love reading about. I would not want to hang out with her, but, like, there's just something so compelling to the way she talks like that. In in her case, I feel like, yeah, she's bitchy, but it's, like, kind of, like, I have fun reading about her bitchiness versus there's occasionally been ice queens where I'm like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable (laughs) right now. And... She has this incredible arc, too, because she starts off this, like, fully, completely guarded person. You know, she has trauma in her past that's led to this. And eventually, by the end of the book, like, she's able to live very authentically, just live in her truth. She's dropped a lot of this terror. And so their happily ever after is so beautiful. Mm. I think probably... The thing that makes this book most effective for me is very similar to Truth and Measure because the romance hinges on mutual obsession where both of the characters kind of become obsessed with each other in a way that is really compelling and it just brings this whole other level of passion to the story. And so, you know, Jamie can't help, but she's just like fascinated with her almost with Vivian almost instantly. And while we don't see Vivian's perspective, we can see from her actions and the things that she says that she has that same level of compulsion for Jamie, too. And one of the scenes where this really comes, there's a scene where Vivian cuts Jamie's hair. Mm. And I never thought I would say before that a haircut would be sexy, but like (laughs) it is the sexiest haircut scene (laughs) possibly in the world. Uh, Like I said, I listened to this one. Abby Creighton was the narrator. I love Abby Creighton, and I think that she's perfect. Like, 
her the vibe that she brings with whatever whenever Milena writes a book like it just works really really well just like Anne McMahon and Christine Williams I remembered her last there name you go. it's Williams <laughs> Christine Williams <laughs> and so if you're at all inclined towards audiobooks definitely recommend that and then the other element that I think push this up a notch for me. It's not something I always need in romance, but when it happens, and especially when it happens and I'm surprised and delighted, is that this book has a social conscience. And when I say that, I mean specifically that it's choosing to shine light on a specific issue. So The Awkward Truth by Lee Winter was kind of like that, where, you know, it shone a huge light on a lot to do with like nonprofits. In this case, shining light on sexual predators and how they can thrive through intimidation and forcing other people to become complicit, how the legal system makes things worse with things like statutes of limitations, which can be really short in certain places. And so like, I said this in my half of the review for the Lesbian Review, but if you had told me before I read this that a subplot in a romance that involves a serial rapist would work and work well, I would have looked at you like you had five heads. But, like, it is so good. And the other thing is that, yes, it addresses the fact that, you know, some characters have been sexually assaulted in the past, and how the legal system has let them down. Like, there is no sexual assault on the page. There is no description of previous sexual assault. There is only reference to the fact that it has happened in the past. So I love this book. It's one of my favorite books that I've read all year. Highly, highly recommend. I think everybody should read it. And that is all for this episode. Thank you so much, everybody who joined us. If you've enjoyed the show and you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. You'll get notified when we release a new episode. If you have a friend that you think would like this show and needs more queer media in their life, please, please tell them all about it. And if you'd like to support the show, like I said, we have a coffee, coffee. link in our show notes, (laughs) or you can visit coffee.com slash queerly recommended if you are interested. Or if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, just search for Queerly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.